Welcome to Between the Lines. I am Tracy Hunter Abramson, and I am here with Esther Hatch, Sarah M. Eden, and Sean and Bessie. And today we are going to be talking about characters. So my first question of the day is, I, I think for all of us, we, by the time we finish our book, we know our characters so well that they could be real people that we would recognize on the street. Um, and I, hopefully our readers feel the same way about when they're reading our books, but when do you actually get to know your characters? Do you do that before you start writing or do you figure it out as you go along? How do you, how do you know? For me, it's before. I'm very much a, a planner, a pre-writer, like to an excessive extent. Before I even start writing, I have um, pages and pages of questions I answer about my characters. Seriously, so, so many questions. <laughs> I counted them once. And for my main characters, I think it's around 120. Like it's <laughs> like ridiculous. <laughs> but it's in the process of answering those that I kind of figure out who they are. Um, so that's me. It's, it's all about the questions before I start writing. So it's kind of funny to me because I learned a lot from Sarah. Like as I started writing, I took classes from her lots of things like that. And there was a point about my second or third book where I thought, well, this is what I've got to do. I've got to, well, first of all, it wasn't just getting to know characters beforehand with all the questions. It was also plotting and all the pre-work stuff that people who are planners do. And for my second novel, I really, really tried to do it. I really did. And I spent two months trying to do it and didn't get any further in my book and didn't know where it was going. And the it actually had a deadline coming up and I was like, I just have to start writing. And I sat down and started writing and things started coming to me. So for me, <laughs> I have to be writing these characters. They kind of jump on the page as I start writing them. So of course I have some ideas of who they are. I have ideas of what they're gonna have to go through as a couple and individually. And then really it's not until my second draft that they really become deeper, meaningful characters. Like the first draft is like a discovery draft for me. As I get to know them, I get to see how they react in situations. And then I can go back and be like, okay, now let's flesh out why they're the way they are. Um, a little bit more of their family history, things like that, that really uh, make them who they are. And for some reason I can't do it the other way around. I've tried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've talked about this so many times. Every writer is so different. And I think part of the process of becoming a better writer is figuring out what works for you. And it may be very different from what works for someone else. So that's one of your takeaways today, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Do what no works right for you answer. as a writer. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And I think that if anything, we've, we've maybe manifest that in this podcast is that we each approach our writing slightly differently. And and yet the journey might be different, but, but we're able to produce books at the end that we feel good about. Um, I don't think that I've ever actually thought about this question before because I'm more like Esther in the sense that I don't take copious notes and ask lots of questions before I start writing. But the more I thought about it, I think that my characters, I get to know them through their dialogue, which sounds really strange since I'm the one who writes the dialogue. <laughs> but it's, it's what comes out of their mouth. It's whether or not they're teasing or serious or worried or how they respond to things. That helps me learn who they are. And I think for me, 
I, first of all, the, the idea of us being slightly different in our approaches, I think when it comes to me and Sarah, that word is not accurate. Extreme. Extreme <laughs> as you can Polar opposites. <laughs> like, I, I'm like, I really hope I, my characters at least have a name when I start their book. I really do. So I don't always know much about them. But the one thing that I find in discovering who they are as I'm writing, because I am more of a discover them as I go, is trying to figure out, usually there's some kind of a deep wound that they have, whether it is something from their childhood that they're struggling from, some broken relationship of their past, or it could even just be um, some terrible situation they've been, been thrown into during the book that they have to overcome. But I think that's really where I find out who they are, is not only through those the dialogue that, again, we might write them, but it's the characters speaking, it's not us. <laughs> so it's, so now... Going for farther into this, um, do you have a char favorite character that you have written? This is one of those impossible questions, like <laughs> what's your favorite book you've written, right? Or your but, favorite child. Oh, that well, we I have say. an answer for. <laughs> 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 oh, that's easy. What are you talking about? <laughs> Not like picking a favorite character. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we have the joke that we don't have a favorite child, but if we did, it would be our youngest. <laughs> so, and I've probably told that here before. Um, so I usually go, I had the most fun writing Charles from Tis the Season to Be Daring, which is a Christmas novella. It was like the third thing I put out, I think. Um, and I just had so much fun with him, like the things that would come out of his mouth, his whole personality. He was just such a pleasure to write and I remember finishing that novella and it was one of the few things that really I wrote fast <laughs> I don't always write fast um but he was so fun it, it made it possible and I remember thinking like man I just wish I could make Charles like my main character in all of my books <laughs> that was such a pleasant a pleasant experience and then I, of course like I totally love Lord Bryant like I think partially because I was with him for three books instead of just one um, and in a way where like his story was kind of present in the back of my mind for those other books too. So I think when you get to know someone that well, you love them. Yeah, agreed. Mm -hmm. It does kind of tend to be the ones you end up spending the most time with, but you kind of wonder, you know, like chicken or egg, do you spend so much time with them because you love them so much or do you come to love them because you've spent so much time with them? I don't know. Um, I, I don't think I could like, as you were saying, really narrow it down to just a favorite, but among my favorites, <laughs> I would have to say um, are my character, Adam, who's known as the dangerous Duke in the universe of my world. He is the most powerful and feared man in all the land. Um, and I love him to pieces. And then Philip, who is um, known to all the world as this mindless fop of a dandy. And neither of them really are entirely what they appear to to be but because that's their public persona I, they can get away with anything which I think is why I enjoy writing them like you think to yourself in this situation if I could come back with the most cutting you know, response to something and say anything in the world and I could get away with it what would it be and then I multiply that by a gazillion and that's Adam and I get to write it and he gets away with it and <laughs> With Philip, it's if I were in this situation and I wanted to goof off in the most ridiculous way and get away with it, what would I do? Multiply that by a gazillion and that's Philip. So I think it's why I love those characters because they can get away with things that makes them really, really fun to write. 
Oh, I I totally agree. And I think those might be my favorite characters that you've written also. They're so fun. They are so fun. And and you're right, it's really hard to choose favorites, but you know, I I love my heroes, the the Georgian gentlemen, I love them all, but I kind of side with Sarah on this. The characters that are so fun to to write. Aunt Millward is has been just really fun and she reappears in the Georgian gentleman book um the unassuming curator that comes out in April so I've just reacquainted myself with Aunt Millward and it's the same she's the same type of character that Sarah was describing where she can just get away with all sorts of things that everybody else wishes that they could get away with and so she's so much fun and then I've also really enjoyed Lars in the books that I've written with Tracy in the Falcon Point Suspense um, books because he makes me laugh. He just is, I don't know, he just says and does things that I chuckle as I write. And that's when the writing is fun. Yeah, I think for, for me, it's the same thing. I love the characters that make me laugh, like Cade from my Guardian series or Quinn from my um, Saint Squad series. Both of them, it's like, first of all, they are food obsessed. <laughs> um, which I can be at times, but it's just the humor and, and the sarcasm a lot of times is just a lot of fun. But the other ones that I absolutely love and they just keep recurring in a lot of my books because I everyone should have neighbors just like them. I mean, honestly, we should have a president or a senator just like them is Jim and Catherine Whitmore in my books. Like they're just the people that you're just like, you want everyone to have good people who would help them if they needed help. And they just always make me feel like that. So... So now that we know our some of our favorites, because I'm sure that we can keep listing lots of favorites, um, who was your most challenging character to write? So he was also one of my favorites. <laughs> but surprisingly to me personally was Lord Brandt. And I had this silly idea that because I had spent so much time with him, his book was going to be very easy to write. And um, I also just loved writing him in my previous book. He felt a little bit like Charles, where he was super fun, irreverent, always kind of make, cracking a joke and um, doing things that he shouldn't. But I didn't realize that that doesn't translate very well to being a main character, because inside he was very different from that. So I really struggled with like this idea of he was so fun in the first two books. And now I've got to turn him into this depressed man and why he's this way. And, and like his thoughts aren't necessarily funny, but like what he says still can be. So, and the other thing is like, I thought I knew his whole story, like his book, but I realized what I actually knew was his backstory, which actually you don't write in the book. I mean, like you, it gets there, like snippets right. of it you see, but in my mind, I thought the story was ready to go and I knew where it was going. And I, and I started on chapter one and went, I don't have a story. Like I thought I had a story. I don't I have a backstory. <laughs> so, so that was, um, it was an interesting way to start that book, thinking it would be so easy and realizing like, no, no, I've got to change the side character to a real character and right. make a story for him now. Yeah. So it was tricky. Yeah. And when you go into that, with readers who know the character only as a side character and you think, yeah. okay, are they going to be okay with finding out more of who he is? Cause it's not this unending. Yeah. Humor. So yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I think one of my more challenging characters has been Finbar O'Connor from my hope spring series um, for a couple of different reasons over the course of this book, he goes from a 
mid-teenager, he's 16, 17, through a young adult. And so you have just how much characters in that age group grow and change and are figuring out who they are, which means sometimes they're annoying. Sometimes they're really deep and insightful, but he also has these like massive like events in his life, this huge crisis, this a shift in his entire future, struggles in his family. And so I'm trying to keep him authentic to his age while taking him through traumas and PTSD and trying to keep in mind his end um, growth as a character, even while he's in the middle of it, but he's a side character this whole time. So you want him to have depth and be interesting, but he can't take over the page, but you also got to make sure he's growing like he should. So he's been a, a challenge just because of how much time these books cover, where he is in life and some of the things that are going on around him. Um, he's been a challenge, but I think it's one of the reasons readers are always asking me, is he going to get his own story? I think because they want to know more, like Esther was saying, more of what is going on under the surface more of what we aren't seeing that's part of who he is so he's been a challenge but a good one so I think for me the um years ago when I was kind of still newer in my career I was asked by our publisher to write a really creepy bad guy that was really really hard <laughs> so <laughs> my serial killer and obsession like I had to keep going onto like the FBI's website to figure out what would make this guy tick and it's like it's a dark place to go so and our editor was originally saying you know yeah that's gonna be hard I don't really want to that's gonna be hard to, you know for me to read those scenes and then she comes back and says we should have a few more of those I was like are you crazy <laughs> like do you have any idea how hard this was so I think that villain, normally my villains I can handle okay, but I didn't like him so much. So it was hard. Yeah, I think my answer is similar to Tracy's because I think one of the hardest characters that I have written is the bad guy in An Alleged Rogue. And he was based on a real character in history. And he was just so immoral that... I literally had to keep going back and rereading the accounts of the historical character to try to understand how he ticked because it was so alien to the way I tick. Um, and so it was a little hard to get a handle on how, how he operated. So that, yeah, it, it is hard when you're writing somebody that is just so different from the way you think. Right. Yeah, I agree. So what, is there anything fun or interesting about a character in your current work in progress? And yes, I'm assuming that you're all actively writing something right now. <laughs> um, for me, I, I've actually been writing a, another Royal and um, it's been interesting with all of the recent changes and, you know, after the queen's death and um, all of the changes in the UK and their Royal family to be writing. I was already had already written that somebody is going to be crowned. <laughs> like that's part of the story and I was like oh people actually understand this better now that this is happening in real life so that was kind of an interesting twist for me but what about the rest of you what's interesting or fun that you're dealing with right now well okay I'm not currently writing it because I just finished sending in the proofs but it's on my mind <laughs> so it's <laughs> so, it's recent yeah. enough that I'm counting it um so Henry who is the hero in the unassuming curator is colorblind. And this book takes place at the end of the 1700s when nobody knew what colorblindness was. Um, and so that was interesting for me to explore what it would be like 
to have that condition and not know why you have it. Yeah, that would be fascinating. Yeah. So I'm thinking about my current work in progress and the main guy, I think he's, he's kind of fun for me to write because he's a little bit of a pushover, which I feel like a lot of times you don't get in a main character, <laughs> main male character. Um, so he has this twin sister and he can just never say no to her. Like the most ridiculous things she asks them, he's just going to do it. And then, but they have this ongoing game of like, who's going to end up being thrown in the lake. So he can not say no to her, but he also just really, really wants to throw her in the lake. <laughs> what sibling hasn't wanted to throw one of their siblings in a lake? <laughs> I love that. Um, the, the manuscript I most recently turned in, the hero of that manuscript um, aspires to be a composer, which was not super common amongst gentlemen in the early 19th century, but was also really pretty rare. So that's been an interesting thing to learn a little more about and what it would take to pursue that at that time and what were the obstacles. And yeah, that was really interesting to learn a little more about. Fun. Okay. So last question here is I would love to know, is there anything that your characters have done that have surprised you? Oh, yeah. How in control of your characters are you is my real question. Uh, do we have to put it on a scale of one to ten? No. <laughs> I'll leave that to you. No. I think um, I have had a few characters who have demanded a kissing scene before I'm ready to write one. Okay, really they rude. were good kissing scenes, so I just saw those happen. <laughs> I, so I feel like for me, one of my big surprises was in a proper scandal, I had the plot first. I guess, kind of. And I kind of needed Grace to be a little bit deceitful to really make the plot work because <laughs> she's trying to trick someone into marrying her. But I started writing her like I do. And that's when I figure out my characters. And she was very honest and open. And I was like, how? How is my plot going to work now? But it actually ended up adding so much to the plot. And it was fun. It made it more fun to have this like really open and honest person trying to trick this man into marrying her within two weeks and how that all played out. So that was, that was a fun surprise. And I think it added a lot to the book. I love that. I love it. Well, I mentioned at the top of the episode that one way I get to my characters is I ask a ton of questions, but my character Stanley from For Love or Honor absolutely steadfastly refused to answer one of my most crucial questions it's one of them that digs so deep into characters and anyone who's not a writer hears that and is like a person you invented who lives in your brain refused to answer <laughs> a question and we're all yes, like yes he, he literally <laughs> refused to answer it so I ended up starting writing that book not knowing his answer to this question but the fact that he wouldn't answer it was an answer kind of in itself you know but as I was writing it one of my rare moments of coming to know a character as I'm writing him, I figured out what the answer actually was. And so much about him made sense. I had to go back and do a little bit of rewriting, but yeah. So he, he surprised me by not being willing to answer a question. But once I knew what his answer was, I understood why, which I realized is very evasive, but that was a surprise. Most of my characters will answer my questions. I'm apparently a very good interrogator. <laughs> you know, it's a very important skill. Both writer, parent. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will t say my characters are always surprising me. So I guess that's just what happens when you don't ask the questions. I, I don't even know if I know what questions to ask. So Sarah, we may have to get into that interrogation skills 
you Got know, it. development <laughs> later. But um, this has been so much fun hearing how these characters come come to live and breathe and um, really do create a world of their own. Um, we would love for you all to find us on social media and we would love to find out who are your favorite characters in fiction. So it doesn't have to be one of our books, just who is your favorite current current read, past read, anything. We want to we wanna know. And also, if you have any suggestions on future episodes, we'd also love to have those comments as well. And thank you all for joining us on this episode of, of, of Between the Lines. I know I can talk really. Uh, we <laughs> hope we'll see you next time.